the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We conclude our series that we started about three Sundays ago entitled The Ways of the Divine. We talked about God's divine intervention in our lives. We talked about God's intimacy, how God expresses His love for us. Today we're going to conclude with a message when God interrupts our life. God's divine intentions. And our text is taken from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 15. And if you have a Bible, please turn there. It's also printed on your bulletins this morning. And uh, this is a pivotal chapter in the New Testament, especially uh, in, 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 the, in the book of Acts, because this uh, gives us the account of the conversion of the Apostle Paul. And it's, it's very important that, uh, that we have an understanding of the ministry of this great apostle and how the church was established under his apostleship. And so um, it, it's good to, to be able to, uh, to talk about what a great power and what a great love and, and mercy God has for each and every one of us. I'll be reading uh, verses 1 to 15. It's kind of lengthy, but, but just... Uh, Tag along with me this morning. Meanwhile, Saul, that was his name before God changed it to Paul, was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that's the church, those are the Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling uh, with, with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. 
Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Father, we are so grateful to be here this morning. We are so grateful to be able to lift up the name of Jesus. His name is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Thank you, Lord, because you are, you are faithful. In our faithlessness, you remain faithful. So today, O oh God, as we, as we come together, as we rejoice in your presence, as we praise your name, we also very careful, O oh God, to listen to what you have to say in your word. Despite of the preacher, despite of whatever else transpire, transpires in here, our prayer is that your name will be magnified in our hearts, that we might offer you the praise and worship you accurately because you have called us to this great, great family of yours, a family who will worship and call on your name and lift it up. Let there be healing. Let there be restoration. Let there be a renewal in our midst. And we continue, O oh God, to trust you for everything that happens in life. And we're once again grateful to be here and ask the anointing of your Holy Spirit to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Crystal Brown Tatum, CEO and President of Crystal Clear Communications, recalled her painful decision to end her relationship with her fiancé. They were engaged to be married and had planned to move to New York City. She already had a job offer from some of the biggest corporations like Morgan Stanley and Dean Witter. And she was good to go. She was good to start. Unfortunately, she discovered some things that made her call off the wedding, and break up her relationship. Although that breakup and that cancellation of the wedding was painful, looking back 20 years later, that experience may have truly saved her life. You see, had she moved to New York, had she taken that job in that big company, there was no doubt that she would have been working on that unforgettable Tuesday morning, September 11, 2001, at the World Trade Center. When we hear a story like that, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, what a coincidence. Oh, what a twist of fate. Oh, what a happenstance. Pure luck. Pure luck. And of course, we use the term that so many of us li like to use, okay? Even Christians. We use the term blessing 
in disguise. Something that was bad turned out to be for the good. And we put this term. If you're a follower of Jesus, uh, you know, you probably use that term blessing in disguise. If, if someone is not a follower of Jesus, they will probably say things like, oh, I got lucky. They'll probably say things, oh, it just happens. It's just a turn of event. It's just a twist of fate. It's just a coincidence. So what is it? If it's not luck, if it's not a coincidence, if it's not a twist of fate, and if it's not a blessing in disguise, what is it? The Bible calls it divine interruptions. Divine interruptions. The God we serve is not a God of coincidence. The Bible says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And everything that happens between the beginning and the end, he knows what's going on. So he's not a God who puts people in places where there are coincidences, especially in the major events that changes the trajectory of life. The God that we serve, loved ones, this morning is not a God who twists our faith. F-A-T-E. The Bible says that God directs the path of people. God appoints a path for which we must trot. Sure, He lights up that path, but He doesn't change it. He directs us in the right path. We serve a God who is not a God of luck. There's no such thing. If you're a Christian, please remove that vocabulary from your mouth and we serve a God who most certainly do not disguise his blessings we serve a God who knows our beginning who knows our end and who will guide us in the way that we should go Isaiah says here is the way walk in it God doesn't disguise his blessing. Some of the greatest uh, people in the, in, the, in the Bible, okay, had had their lives interrupted by God. You know, I can think of Joseph. Joseph was given by God a dream when he was a young man. And in that dream, God says, you will be a great leader. But between that dream and the time that he was promoted to be the governor of Egypt, there were so much interruptions <laughs> that happened to him. He was sold by his brothers, and he went to jail for 14 years for a crime he did not commit. There's nothing coincidental about that. He already knew what God said. He already been given a dream. I think of King David. King David was anointed by the prophet Samuel when he was just 17 years old to be king. Of Israel. But between the time that he was anointed as king and the time he ascended on the throne, he had to fight for his life against the enemies of the nation and against King Saul. There was nothing coincidental, lucky, happenstance, or disguised about that. God already told David, You are going to be the king. I think of Abraham. Abraham was told by God, you will be the father of a great nation. 
and your descendants will number as the sand of the sea and the stars in the skies. But between that promise and the fact that he bore a son, he had to wait until he's 100 years old and make babies with a 99-year-old woman. Talk about interruptions. So let me, tell, let me tell you something this morning. There's a lot of great people in the Bible that had to go through interruptions, divine interruptions. All the while, God says, there's nothing I'm disguising in this situation. I, I could, Job, Job was already blessed for heaven's sake. But God interrupted that blessing only in the end to double the blessing that Job had. The whole nation of Israel, God already promised them a land filled with milk and honey. By, but by the time they got out of slavery to the time they stepped on Canaan, the promised land, there was a 40-year interruption. Okay? Divine interruption is part and parcel of life. This doesn't happen to God's people. It happens even to the ungodly. God interrupts people's lives. He does. God's purpose for doing so, God's intention for interrupting our lives is to give us an opportunity to recognize His glory and to realize His purpose and His plan for our life. So if you're listening to this message this morning and somehow things aren't going the way you planned or envisioned, take a step backward. Perhaps God is interrupting your life in order to move you to faith and trust in Him. In Acts chapter 17, the Bible declares this, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And He is not served by human hands as if He needed anything. Rather, He Himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and boundaries of their lands god did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him though he is not far away from any of us that's exactly what happened to the apostle paul in our text this morning he had a divine encounter with a risen Christ. Talk about being interrupted in, 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 his, in his plans and in the life that he was living in. And I want to be clear as I proceed with the, with the sermon this morning that the interruption, the calling, the encounter that Paul had with the Lord Jesus was somewhat unique, okay? It's, it's a dramatic encounter. That may not be necessarily the case for us. But listen, he had that encounter, and that encounter accomplished God's purpose. The same purpose, the same intention is meant for us. But I want to be clear. Paul's calling was unique to him. He received a special revelation from God that we may not probably be privy to receiving. He was called for a specific mission, and his encounter was special and dramatic. The interruption that he received from God was intended by God for a special purpose. He was a chosen vessel. But the pattern by which God 
interrupted Paul's life and the insights insights and the spiritual realities that happened to him was a pattern God says can happen to each and every person. There are four insights I want to put in your heart this morning, and they they will serve as a pattern of God's intention for interrupting your life and mine. And it's all in the text. So if you have a Bible, just, just follow through. First of all, God intends to interrupt our lives in order to give us, number one, a deeper revelation of himself. That's God's first intention for the interruptions that we face in life. Believe me, if your life and mine encounter an interruption, a circumstance of a great magnitude, a life-changing circumstance, God intends to give us a deeper revelation of himself. Look at verses 1 to 4 once again. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciple. This was a terrorist. This guy was just intent on destroying the church. He He just didn't like people messing around with his religion. He was a Pharisee. And he even had the authority to hunt and persecute the church, persecute Christians. Whether men or women, anyone who followed the Lord Jesus, his job with the authority of the Sanhedrin, with the authority of the religious establishment, was to arrest them and have them either killed or persecuted or jailed. Okay? But on his way, while he was still, you know, he was still fuming with anger, a light from heaven blinded him right on the spot. Paul, whose mission was to terrorize the followers of Jesus, just had his mission interrupted. Now, let's see something about Paul, okay? And then let's examine ourselves in light of who he is. He, Paul, already has in his mind and in his heart a relationship with God. In fact, the persecution that he was implementing was based on the tradition, the religious tradition of his fathers. He had a relationship with God. Make no mistake about it. He was a Pharisee. He prays. He attends the synagogue. He knows the scriptures. He already have an ongoing relationship with God, but he has not yet had a revelation of the true God. So I want to tell you this morning, it's possible to have some kind of relationship with God and absolutely not have a revelation of who God really is. And that's what many people are in. That's where you and I once were in. Many people today, perhaps you uh, watching, for some, some of us, maybe we have a form of religion. Maybe we have a form of relationship with God. It doesn't have to be a, a, a religious God. You could, you, you know, somebody could be an atheist and follows a set of principles that make him or her uh, worship those principles and they're therefore becoming their gods. We, perhaps some of us, at one point, we may have a philosophical view, a system of belief that is a substitute for a relationship with God. In any case, it's possible for us to have that relationship with God or with a God and having a, then having a true and deeper revelation of who he really is. Paul was exactly in that dilemma. He was obsessed with his relationship with God. He was willing to do anything to please his God. At least his own interpretation of an understanding of who God is. He'll do anything to serve him. He was functioning out of an ignorant zeal for God. 
even to the point of harming those who disagree with his views. But then comes the divine interruption. There was a flashing light from heaven that hit his eyes, and he fell from his horse, and he heard a voice that says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And the first thing that came out of Paul's mouth was this, Who are you, Lord? And for someone who thought he already had a relationship with God, he was asking the wrong question. How come he, he asked, Who are you, Lord? I mean, it, it tells you. He was about to receive a deeper revelation of who God is. And in this case, the revelation that he received was that now God is in Christ, saving the world. He didn't know that before. He rejected Jesus. He was worshiping God. And in his mind and in his heart, he was all right with God until he came face to face with God's revelation of himself. And God's revelation of himself is none other than Jesus. The Bible says that the world became flesh and dwelt among us for a while. Paul was interrupted by Jesus on his way to Damascus. And from that moment on, Paul would encounter the risen Savior, the ultimate image of the invisible God. He had the ultimate revelation. Paul neither recognized or understood it until he was interrupted. And that new and deeper revelation was all over scriptures. Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, 1 to 3 says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. That's exactly the Jesus that Paul encountered on the road to Damascus. He came face to face with the revelation of God through Jesus. And it took a major interruption in his life for him to acknowledge that. Perhaps today you're in the middle of an event that is interrupting your life. It may be a major setback, a serious situation, an unexpected turn of event. Before you call it a twist of fate, before you call it a happenstance, before we call it a wake-up call, before we call it a blessing in disguise, before we say anything, consider this. Maybe God is putting that interruption in your life in order for you to respond to the revelation that He wants to give you. The revelation of that intimate person of Jesus Christ. Your experience and mine may not be as unique or as dramatic as Paul, but I assure you, loved ones, this morning, your, your experiences and mine follow that pattern. God wants to get us to know Him in a better, deeper way. Like me, perhaps you've lived your life knowing about God. That's, a, that's the truth for me for a long time. I was born and raised in church. I know all the church talk. I know all the jargons. I know everything. But until I had come face to face with the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, I didn't know that I was going to heaven. I didn't know that I had a relationship with God. All I had was some kind of religious obligation that I tried, that I tried to satisfy. But in reality, Jesus is a real person. You and I can have a deep and real relationship with him. And he wants to demonstrate to us that we can know him in a deeper and better way. I'm convinced that the interruption happening in your life, that bend on the road, that glitch in the pattern, could very well be a sign that God is offering you an opportunity to know him 
the right and true way. And if you're a follower of Jesus, perhaps God is saying, you need to get deeper in your relationship with me. There's something a lot more about me that I want you to know and experience. Now, that interruption for the purpose of giving us a deeper revelation will then lead, secondly, to a decisive renewal, to a rebirth, a decisive renewal in our heart. You cannot have a deep revelation of God and not be changed. Amen? Not be changed. Look at verses 5 to 9. When Jesus spoke to Paul, the first thing that Paul says, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus introduced himself to Paul because he didn't know who he was. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Well, Paul didn't know that. He didn't think that that he was persecuting Jesus. He thought he was doing an errand from God. He thought he was doing this for God until a change is about to, to happen. God said, Jesus said to Paul, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you must be, you will be told what you must do. Talk about a change is about to happen. (laughs) At that moment when God interrupted Paul's life, there was an undeniable change in his whole being. One minute he was determined to destroy Jesus. The next moment he wants to know Jesus and what Jesus wanted him to do. One minute he was rejecting the Son of God, the next moment he was rejected because of the Son of God. The very, the very same person that was fuming out of his mouth, out of his hatred for Jesus, was now about to undergo a renewal of his heart and a renewal of his mind. He was about to be born again. He was about to receive a new nature. He was about to get saved. And at that moment, he realized that that wouldn't have happened unless a special, deeper revelation took place when he encountered the risen Lord. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, You will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.